Hi, hello, and welcome back to Absolutely Thriving with me, your host, Charlotte. Hope you're having a nice day, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. So, current little update on my situation. Still no job. <laughs> Cry and laugh through the pain. Um, there have been so many issues, basically, along the way, but hopefully... In the next two weeks, I'll be starting. I know I have literally said that every week, but I know eventually I'll be starting because I've signed a contract and I'm doing all the paperwork. I just need to wait for my DBS to come back. But anyway, I think it's a good exercise for me, to be honest. It's given me a lot of time for a lot of feelings to come to the surface, which I think I've pushed down for a long time. And while it can be incredibly painful, <laughs> and I wouldn't wish it on anyone, it's forced me to confront a lot of the beliefs that I've held about myself for a while. It's very frustrating not to be working from financial and general productivity perspective, but I'm trying to invest my time into doing things that I actually enjoy. I started taking yoga classes, which has been a highly rewarding experience for both my mental health and my lower back pain. And I've also really tried to give myself what I need. Sometimes that's just crying on my bed for an hour. Other times it's taking myself for a walk outside, even if it's raining, because I do that quite a lot. I literally have started treating myself like a child. Like I check in with my needs and I kind of prescribe to myself what I need to do in order to avoid a meltdown <laughs> I just sort of try to incorporate things that I like doing to try and boost my mood and just sort of improve my state of mind <laughs> I literally have a list written down on my phone which is actually an idea that I got from the goes out saying pod um it's sort of like the recovery plan and it's just a list of things that I can do that make me feel happy and obviously it's not 100% foolproof, but it's still better than nothing. And in times that I'm feeling bad, but sort of I can come up from the badness, it's really useful. Sometimes we're just too far down though, and I just kind of need to cry. But anyway, on to today's subject of conversation. We're going to be talking about loneliness. I actually feel so embarrassed to say that I've been feeling very lonely lately but we're gonna get into it and honestly I think loneliness is so normal but no one actually wants to admit that they're lonely because it just makes you seem really like pathetic and vulnerable but alas we move with the times and I think at some point in everyone's life everyone will feel lonely or at least be alone in some description just because the nature of life Everyone is always doing different things. Everyone sort of forges their own path. And I think the older you get, the more sort of diverse the paths become. So it's about sort of getting acquainted with that and also just riding the wave. But yeah, let's get into it. So why do I feel lonely? <laughs> well, if you haven't picked up on it before, I'm on a gap year, which is kind of my entire branding at the moment. Um... And by definition, that should mean that I'm finding myself on my own terms and being my own main character and just living my best life. 
Um, but I think it's more been a time for me to realise all of my personal flaws. <laughs> Essentially, all of my friends are either at uni or working a job. And here I am doing pretty much nothing and just waiting to actually do anything useful. Now, don't get me wrong, I am delighted for everyone that they are moving on with their lives and growing, but I feel very left behind and also very left out. (laughs) I think I just use people to distract myself from my own thoughts. Not sort of obviously using them in the sort of traditional negative sense of the word, because I do generally enjoy spending my time with other people. But I think it's because I genuinely love spending time with other people. Not being able to do so is literally driving me to the depths of hell, because that distraction is just gone. And I'm also incredibly self-conscious of being too demanding or needy, like needy. So... I tend not to reach out to people or admit when I actually am really struggling and sort of be like, hey, I really need to see you because I'm dying. I tend to just say, hey, do you want to meet up in like a week or two or just soon at some point and just sort of try but not seem too keen because I have attachment issues. But anyway, onwards. Acknowledging our character thoughts. <laughs> Healing isn't linear, baby. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to cry. Although crying is so cathartic, and you know you've just sometimes you've got to let that energy out rather than let it fester inside you. Right, take a quick deep breath before we continue because I don't have I can't even talk. I don't want to have a mental breakdown on this podcast. So inhale, exhale. Okay, let's divulge into some more intrusive thoughts. Now, I keep listening to other people's podcasts on loneliness because everyone else says everything so much better than me, <laughs> to be honest. A um, few recommendations of good loneliness podcasts I've listened to. Um, Life Gets Weird. I've just found this podcast. It's so good. It's by a girl called Mary Stephen. Absolute queen. Love her. Go and listen to it. I very recommend. And also The Match Your Diaries. That's a new podcast. They're all very like low-key. It's very just like easy listening. Um, and one of it was a solo cast, um, like a solo podcast episode because that's <laughs> podcast lingo. Um, but yeah, so she did an episode talking about loneliness, and they will both discuss this much better than me. And they also have way nicer voices, so good vibes all round. <laughs> Would this even be my podcast if I didn't plug someone else's as a better version of mine? But anyway, something that both of these podcasts do incredibly well is differentiate between lonely and alone so i'm gonna give my brief interpretation but if you want to have a more in-depth go and check them out so i think loneliness for me comes from a lack of connection both physically and mentally whereas alone is just being completely solitary without company Which makes sense, as you can feel so isolated in a room full of people, yet completely content in your bedroom, just having your own Spotify grave. Because if you don't do that, I don't think we can be friends, to be honest. (laughs) It's kind of like me every day at the moment, and like all the time, but yeah. 
However, I think, interestingly enough, there's a similar level of sort of guilt and just negative emotion with admitting that you're experiencing either of them. I feel like you feel more external judgment for being alone because loneliness can be more easily disguised. But I think if you admit that you're lonely, they I think they translate as the same thing in another person's mind. So we pretend that we're fine. <laughs> we stay in meaningless friendships, relationships, conversations, just in order to prove to the outside world that we're okay because other people find it acceptable. But there is nothing more unfulfilling than half-hearted conversation. It's literally just draining and soul-destroying. I am probably the worst person to have small talk with. I just hate it so much. I literally just want to run away and I feel like everyone that I have small talk conversations can feel that too. So if you've ever had a small talk conversation with me, I'm really sorry. (laughs) But I played the part. I smile. I nod. I ask further questions. And just die internally. All because we're so afraid of being perceived as a loner or unpopular or undesirable. Suffering the pain of being socially drained is a preferable alternative to being a victim of social humiliation and isolation. And I think it all comes back to attachment. We're just also attached to these impermanent and externally gratifying things. Whether that be the cliched and overused example of social media and the validation that you get instantly by people liking your photos. <laughs> yes, I am literally 50 years old. Or just other human interaction, a job, your appearance. Like, stop waiting for those texts back. Stop looking for distractions. We just need to acknowledge the fact that we're lonely and struggling and sit with it. It's not nice. You can cry. Just feel everything that you need to feel. Stop attaching so much to the external and just look inwards. You just need to question everything. Why are you feeling lonely? Why do you feel so bad? What are you running from? Lean in to what you need. Just don't shy away from being alone. Because while you may feel lonely, that loneliness cannot be entirely eradicated by distractions. You'll forever just be running away from that deep void within yourself. Because loneliness is just a restlessness in the soul. I realised that my loneliness came from needing other people and other tasks to distract myself from the fact that I don't really like myself. (laughs) As depressing as that sounds. Like, deep down, honestly, I really don't like who I am. And now, I can unpack why I don't like myself. See? What a productive exercise we've got so far. (laughs) And it's ironic because I think I've always been quite an independent person. And I do really enjoy spending time alone, provided that I have a purpose. I can, effectively, I can be alone, as long as I have a valid reason for being alone. But that's not the true essence of isolation. In order to be alone, you need to sit by yourself without any distraction or agenda and just be with yourself. It sounds very woo-woo, I'm aware of that. <laughs> but I think it's the first step that you can actually take to becoming more self-aware it's the only way you can actually grow because if you don't sit with yourself 
you can never confront all of these thoughts and feelings. And by all means, journal your feelings or record them on your phone or walk in silence. But the point is to free yourself from all those things and just connect yourself with what you're actually feeling so you can grow. And I think that type of growth can only be done alone. Like, sure, you can still be in a relationship and still see friends and everything else, but you have to give yourself the distance necessary to allocate that space for yourself because no one else can do that growing for you. So, if you're spending all of this time alone, how do you make peace with being alone? I think essentially, if you rely on other people to bring you joy or are just naturally an extrovert, it can be very difficult to adjust to spending more time alone, whether that's a voluntary or involuntary choice. I think the most useful perspective to take is that literally no one cares. <laughs> as like as sort of blunt as that sounds, and I know it's so used, but genuinely no one cares. Like it might seem like it, but everyone is so wrapped up in their own lives that even if they like moment momentarily that's the word, momentarily judge you, they're not gonna keep thinking about it. And honestly no one is like hyper analyzing your choices anyway. Hyper analyzing? Is that a word? I don't think so. We're making it a word. Anyway. <laughs> no one is overanalyzing. We'll go with that. Your choices. And just all that shame that we hold about being alone is literally just an internal cognition that we have. And to be honest, while you feel like you might be missing out, I promise you, you're probably not. By being alone, you're getting closer to yourself, which is going to serve yourself and your happiness to so much more of a higher regard than if you just continue to spend your time with vacuous people. (laughs) I feel so bad saying all of this but it's just kind of true. (laughs) I've been realising so many things recently. Anyway, anyway, I'm gonna get back on topic. I was actually discussing my FOMO with my boyfriend the other day. Hey sweetie, how you doing? I know you're one of my most consistent listeners. Hope everything's going well. Anyway, (laughs) I was discussing how I felt so just left behind because I kept seeing all of my friends and everyone else and their mum going to uni parties and meeting loads of new friends and just having a generally really good time. And we were discussing the whole thing of the grass is always greener on the other side. Because it's true, you always want what you don't have. And everyone's lives always look so much more attractive than your own. Because you're only seeing the aspects that they present to the world. And he said, quote, The grass is very green on your side. And the grass that looks really green on the other side is that way. Because it's covered in sick. You're not missing out on anything. Isn't that brilliant? Claps. Claps. We love to see it. Anyway, it's very true and also so accurate. It's perfect. You can't see how good your own life is when you're constantly comparing yourself to others. All those parties that you could go to, they'll always be there. And chances are it's just not going to add to your life all that much. 
And it's okay to feel left out. It doesn't make you any less sociable or popular. It just is what it is. You can't do everything in life. And there'll be parties that you go to and parties that you don't. And you know what? Even the ones that you go to, like, how many people are actually like, oh my god, that was such a sick party? I'd say it's such a probably 60 40 split max. I don't know. Maybe I just have been to shit parties. Who knows? But anyway. <laughs> anyway. I think we just overthink going out so much, especially in our like teens and 20s when there's this whole pressure to look like you're having so much fun, like the best years of your life. But it's just really not that deep. <laughs> we just need to let go of the idea that in order to have fun, you need to be surrounded by other people in a crowded room with really loud music. And that, my friends, is how I think you can embrace being alone. So, if you're not going to parties or bars, what should you be spending your time doing? And the answer is quite simply, whatever your heart desires. There's no prescription or rules. Just find the things that bring you joy already. Or even better, do the things that you've always wanted to do but have never done. Because that's only going to add to the already sort of, the already established amount of joy that you have in your life just go to restaurants that you've never been to before take a day trip somewhere take up a new hobby go to a new class like start painting the options are endless to give you some inspiration i will let you in on what i've been doing recently now i'm gonna be honest and say that while i have done a lot of things that bring me joy my mental health has still been very rocky so I can't say that I've been completely happy doing all these things but I've continued to do them in the hope that they will make me happy and to be honest they just do help to occupy my time. So firstly I did some painting. I mean art therapy is an established thing for a reason. It can be really therapeutic and you really just don't need to be super talented to do it. I am not an actual artist by any stretch of the imagination but it was something that I've wanted to do for ages because just the rest of my family is quite artistic so yeah give it a go if that floats your boat. I feel like I go on about all my daily habits and literally every episode but we'll just keep going anyway because in case this is the first episode you listen to it's a good introduction to me and my life. <laughs> okay what else do I like to do? I'm an avid reader. I spend a lot of my time reading books. I am literally one of those people who's like, oh my god, my books. I've read like 70 books this year. Blah. Yeah, I am one of those irritating people. Also really into just... I hate the word exercise because it makes it sound so laborious. So I'm going to refer to it as movement. I love yoga, as we really have discussed. I also love walking. I literally am a dog. I take myself for a walk every day also love running. Running is so good. Those endorphins, just great. I feel like running is just something you either love or hate though. So don't go for a run if you hate running. I'm not going to make you do that. And just generally just moving my body in whatever way feels good. also spend a lot of time cooking and baking. Because I really feel like my creativity is best expressed in trying new recipes and flavour combinations. I don't know. I feel like it's not really talked about about how much 
cooking can act as a creative outlet but it really does that for me and just the whole process of it it's so methodical and just so calm and relaxing just mm, good vibes all around I also do the classic like basic journaling and meditating which is just helpful with allowing me to connect with myself now while these things are all great it's really important that you do just use alone time to think because distractions are great because let's be real most people can't just spend all day sat meditating but just carve out five minutes of your day to check in with yourself and just think i think at any time whether you're waiting to start something and it feels like it's a wasted or a dead time it's an opportunity to reconnect and recharge I've really had to get comfortable with not doing anything specific. I'm aware that I'm very much in the privileged position of not needing to earn money as I have the money that I earned from the summer and I also still live at home so I don't pay any bills. Um, But letting go of the fact that I should be working or doing something that will progress my CV has been a valuable exercise for me. I get very restless And I really believe that everything happens for a reason when it comes to life experience. And so I think it's been a very worthwhile process for me to go through this sort of month of not doing anything. I think all of this as well, just this whole topic of being alone, essentially falls under the descriptor of the Instagram being the main character. I don't know, is it from Instagram or TikTok? I don't know, I don't have TikTok, so for me it's Instagram. (laughs) I mean, being the main character, it sounds kind of disgusting. <laughs> like, if someone was like to me, like, their advice was, you just gotta be the main character, I'd probably laugh. Because I'd just be like, okay. It kind of aligns with the whole romanticise your life narrative. Although romanticising your life is kind of cute, but anyway. But it's kind of true. This idea of being the main character. But I think I'd like to adjust it slightly. I think being the main character elicits the impression that you're somehow acting for an audience so it's somewhat performative so i think it should be reframed in terms of simply just living for yourself and only for yourself giving yourself the respect and attention that you deserve how many times can i say yourself in a sentence god (laughs) i used to think it was just very much like capitalist bs and people just feeling bad about themselves and needing something to do (laughs) but it's actually so important to take care of yourself you are with yourself your entire life funnily enough and without the consideration of your needs you're just never going to be as happy as you could be and quite frankly that's a terrifying prospect so put yourself first when you need to honey boo and let yourself feel everything that you need to Being the main character isn't about buying yourself nice bouquets and expensive coffee. It's about having an open and honest relationship with yourself. It's prioritising your growth and actually wanting to be the happiest version of yourself that you can be, however that looks for you. So I keep mentioning growth, but what even is growth? I feel like it's a word that gets thrown around all the time but we don't 
really fully understand what it means. I think that's because growth is so unique to every individual and so there's no right or wrong way to grow. And the truth is, we're always growing unintentionally in a variety of ways. The experiences that we have shape the person that we go on to be. Because everything in the universe is so temporary, so we're forever changing. But I think some growth doesn't just happen by itself. I think if you want to radically change your life and your perspective, you have to do the internal work yourself. I think when it comes to self-improvement, in terms of your relationship with yourself and working through any mental health issues. It takes dedication and practice. No one changed their life entirely overnight. It's about taking little actionable steps consistently to change your life. It's about acknowledging where you feel a lack in your life and taking those actions to improve how you actually feel. It can literally be anything could be working through your trauma, obviously do this with a therapist because that stuff is intense, <laughs> unpacking toxic beliefs that you have about yourself or about others, focusing on your physical and mental health. It's so personal to every individual and while people can be there to support your journey, you have to do the work yourself, aside from obviously mental health issues that will need professional guidance because no one should have to go through that themselves but if you're a mentally stable person (laughs) and you're not trying to get yourself out of an actual illness you need to do it yourself boo i think there's been a real surge in what i would describe as growth culture on instagram especially in the last couple of years I'm referring to people who make reels of themselves journaling, working out, drinking matcha, and maybe reading a self-improvement book. It's kind of in alignment with the whole like that girl trend, but I'm not going to get into that now with focusing more on growth. And the question I always find myself asking is, are they actually growing? I'm not here to diss any of these people because their reels are lovely and aesthetically pleasing and maybe that is how they like to document their growth. But it all seems so performative. And I can speak for myself that I don't think there's anything that aesthetically pleasing about the majority of the growth that I'm doing because of how uncomfortable it can be. Like, if I was trying to make an Instagram reel of, like, a day of growth, it would probably consist of me crying a lot of the time. And probably just doing some yoga. (laughs) Anyway, like, that's fine for those people. And I guess it kind of falls into the whole romanticise your life category. Which I'm all for if that's what makes you happy. But I think it sets an unrealistic expectation and standard for what growth should look like. Maybe growth for you is not working out at all. Maybe it's just having a lion. Maybe it's crying and letting yourself feel everything that you need to feel in order to heal from all the things that have held you back. Oh, it kind of rhymed. I love that for me. So I'm happy for you if your growth looks like waking up at 5am and eating fruit. (laughs) 
But if that's not what you need to do to grow, don't let it phase you or deter you from actually doing the things that you need to do. Now, before we wrap this up, because I feel like I've been rambling for ages, and if you're still listening, thank you, it's very kind. <laughs> I'm just going to discuss briefly the notion of hitting rock bottom, but I'm not going to dwell on it too much because it's quite a sensitive topic for me, um, and I'm sure it is for a lot of people too. So, I do believe in the fact that things really do have to hit rock bottom sometimes in order to get better. Not all of the time, I admit. And I don't think that you should actively be seeking to worsen your situation and trying to sort of speed up the process of you hitting rock bottom. But I do think that things will sometimes hit such a low place that naturally they just do start to get better. I've had so many days that I felt like I couldn't go any longer. But aside from the fact that I don't want to hurt people around me, any more than I have done already I always remember that there is always another day and things will get better eventually and maybe that won't be tomorrow maybe it won't even be next week who knows but eventually there will be a day that is brighter and sometimes you do just need to lose yourself in order to find yourself again again we love a cliche but it's true I'm not a mental health professional, but I do have a lot of issues, lol. (laughs) I feel like everyone that has ever suffered with any mental health issues just has such a sarcastic sense of humour because it's just a coping mechanism in itself. But anyway, I couldn't deal with the depth that that was going to. (laughs) Just be kind to yourself and just let yourself grieve for all the things that you've lost so that you can move forward to bigger and better things. We're gonna finish her. Um, I feel like this is quite a long one, but I really enjoyed it. I felt pretty deep at times, but I hope in some ways it might have been useful for you. If you want to hear more episodes, be sure to follow the podcast, and hopefully, I will see you next week for another episode. Bye for now. <laughs>